Joining us now on the line to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs is Anthony Petrelli of Maple Leafs Hot Stove. Anthony, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. And obviously, uh, like I just mentioned, it's been a rough go for this Maple Leafs team of late 4-4-2 and in their last 10, a couple of tough losses heading into this bye week. But how would you, how would you assess where they are at right now? Like I mentioned, it's not their greatest run right now, but you know, are you seeing positives? Are you seeing signs of concern? Where are you at with this Maple Leafs team? Um, it's kind of an easy answer, but uh, a bit of both. The positives, as you just mentioned, is they still, they're still going to make the playoffs this year. And there's something to be said about that. I mean, if you look at the Oilers in the, in the West, everyone thought that they'd have a great follow-up this year. A lot of people thought they were cup contenders and they're not even going to make the playoffs. You look at Ottawa and what's happened with them. Um, you know, you can go through the past few years and there's countless examples of young teams that had a really good upstart year and then fell back. So there's something to be said about making the playoffs back-to-back years. Uh, but on the other hand, in terms of making the playoffs, they kind of look like first-round fodder at this point. Like, they're probably going to play the Bruins, who are tied with them in the standings, but have five games in hand on them. Um, the way they're playing right now, they don't look like anything more than um, a first-round team. Their goals for have, like, slowly declined every month. Um, so now they're, like, at the bottom. Uh, they're, like, seventh in the league now in goals for, which is still really good, obviously, but uh, slowly drop back there. They're like a middling team in goals against. Uh, they're middling team possession-wise. They give up a ton of shots on net. Um, they haven't really found that mix up at forward, it seems. Like, they've just progressively gotten worse, if anything, up front. Yeah, I think that, you know, you kind of laid out what does concern me right now as far as, you know, uh, with the way they're playing, giving up a lot of shots and not being able to generate enough offense. And, you know, there's obviously a fine line. I don't necessarily think you want to go back to where it was at the beginning of the season when you were, you know, winning games 6-3, 7-4. There's a lot of fun to watch, that is for sure. But uh, I'm not sure if, you know, you want to go into the playoffs playing that way, trading chances, because at some point you have to figure, you know, teams are going to be able to figure figure you out. Figure you out. And if you're not generating enough offense, it's going to be tough. But um, that's what I all, almost kind of liked about this team, that they were going to be willing to play that style that, hey, we think we can outscore you. And now they've reverted back to, uh, okay, we need to stop giving up chances here. Uh, we're just trying to gonna try to counterpunch you and score when we get our chances. And they haven't been doing that enough uh, often enough. And, you know, that's what I appreciated about, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins the last couple of seasons. I know they have guys like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but they were run and gun. And it was, we're going to try to outscore you. We don't care how many chances we give up. We're going to try to limit them, but that's fine. If we win 7-6, we're going to win 7-6. Uh, uh, that is kind of what worries me about this team that, like you mentioned, they are playing right now as if they are first-round fodder. If they get into a series right now, like you projected uh, with Boston, it's going to be rough because Boston is playing really well right now, and they can run out three lines. They are a strong defensive team. It would not be pretty. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing with the Pittsburgh comparison is, like, teams have kind of figured out the Leafs, right? Like, the Leafs try this, like, long stretch pass. They like to try to create foot races, which is very similar to Pittsburgh. But teams are just kind of sitting back on it now in the neutral zone and just trapping the Leafs up and then just ramming it right back their throat. The big difference with Pittsburgh is uh, I was actually listening to an interview with Mike Sullivan last week, and he said ideally they'd like to have uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel all on separate lines. And the Leafs kind of try to do that sometimes with Matthews, Newlander, and Marner. Yeah. But they don't really have three lines that are a threat right now. Yeah, that like, is their... Kadri's been ice cold. Yeah. 
Well, uh, that's tough. You know, Nazem Kadri, you want more offense out of him. Um, but when he's playing with a guy like Leo Komarov uh, in a shutdown role, or uh, that's what they're trying to do most nights, it is pretty difficult to uh, put up offense and generate goals. Anthony Petrelli, Maple Leafs Hot Stove, joining us here on Sportsnet today. I'm Rob Wong here on the Sportsnet radio network. The offense is obviously an area of concern, but uh, everybody loves picking on the defense and uh, specifically a guy like uh, Roman Polak. And people are wondering, what does this guy have to do, Anthony, to not play uh, anymore for this team? It's been a rough go for him pretty much all season long. There have been a few flashes here and there. And, you know, I I am one of those people that would like to see someone else get an opportunity, but I don't know if I want to keep banging my head on the wall because I know that the person that makes these decisions has his reasons why he wants to play this guy. And that is, of course, Mike Babcock. But I wonder once Nikita Zaitsev returns, whether that's this week or next week, maybe that is the move that, you know, allows Babcock to not play Roman Polak night in, night out. Maybe he can slot in a Connor Carrick when he needs to um, and kind of balance it out a little bit. Yeah, I kind of had that question too about Zaitsev. Like once that guy comes back to does that kind of settle down the defense? But it thought it was really telling, if anything, that Babcock said when they scratched Dermott that he's in the rotation with Borgman and Carrick. Yeah. And that, to me, means Polak's not in the rotation and that he's in there, um, which is tough pill to swallow, to be honest, <laughs> at times. Uh, he, you know, they like him for the PK. They like him because um, he's physical and some of these things. And, um, those things are tough to argue at times. Like he's, a, I think he's a reasonable penalty killer, nothing special. And he is physical, which is, they lack it, but, uh, you know, they have some options that are just better with the puck, uh, you know, a little bit, um, quicker, probably play more to the forward pace. Like, I just don't know if Polak's ever going to get out. Yeah, it doesn't seem uh, likely at this point. It is true. You talk about the uh, committee that Babcock wants to run there with Borgman, Carrick, and and Dermott, and Polak was not mentioned. And uh, it's tough to kill penalties when you're in the box, too. Uh, We've seen uh, Polak take some pretty bad ones uh, of late uh, boarding calls. So uh, it's, you know, not a great situation. But uh, as long as Mike Babcock is making these decisions, uh, Roman Polak seemingly is going to be in there. Travis Dermott, you you mentioned, uh, is a guy that looks so good in those first couple of games and was really disappointing to find out that he was not going to play in that game against Ottawa. Even more disappointing to find out that he's going to be in some sort of a rotation now with uh, Connor Carrick and, and Andreas Borgman. We saw, I believe it was yesterday, he you know gets a point in that game against uh, with the Toronto Marlies, so he continues to do well you know, in the American Hockey League. Uh, I feel like he's a guy that definitely has more upside than both of those guys. You know, Borgman has definitely shown flashes and, and been a lot more uh, impressive than I thought uh, this year. But is Dermot eventually, you think, the guy that's going to win out and, uh, you know, be that guy that gets the most opportunity out of those three? Or is it still ultimately going to be depending on matchups and, and what Mike Babcock wants to do? Yeah, I think long-term, it, it's pretty easy to see Dermot's the, the top guy of them. Um, on the flip side, just quickly, I think Carrick, he almost seems on the outs just last year. They scratched him in the playoffs um, as much as they could this year. They've scratched him a ton. Like, I don't know how they see him moving forward, but it doesn't seem favorable. Borgman's had a good, a good progressive working season. As, as you mentioned, like he's slowly gone better. Um, he's, he's aggressive and not just physically, but he's aggressive in terms of like wanting to make plays with the puck, uh, which is good, but it can also burn him. Like he got burned a few times against Ottawa going back into the lineup, um, particularly one goal where he tried to wheel around the net. Yeah. So um, he'll get there. He's just, he's going to have those like glaring, glaring mistakes where he's 
overly aggressive either with the puck or trying to take the body. But Dermott's been – he had a good first two games. It, like you said, it was it was genuinely disappointing that he didn't continue to get into the lineup after that. But hopefully he's back in the next game. We talk about Polak being uh, one of everybody's favorite whipping boys. Jake Gardner is obviously a polarizing guy. There are people like myself that, you know, really appreciate what this guy brings to the lineup and and think he is an integral part. And then there are other people that uh, absolutely hate this guy. You know, I know I was in Vegas actually for that Maple Leafs game over New Year's and uh, I was sitting behind uh, or sitting in front of a Leafs fan and I heard somebody say, man, this Gardner guy, he costs us goals like nobody else on this team. He is so bad. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, you're, you're one of those guys. Uh, you're one of those Maple Leafs fans that uh, does not appreciate what this guy does. But it has been difficult at times this year, Anthony, to defend Jake Gardner. It's been a down season. Last year was such a great year for him and this year he has taken a bit of a step back for who knows what reason Uh, but I know people have brought up the fact that maybe Travis Dermott and his emergence maybe that makes a guy like Jake Gardner expensable the Maple Leafs have better defenders that shoot from the left side Um, they need a right-handed defenseman to to really shore up that side of things Uh, could you see a scenario where maybe uh, Jake Gardner is moved or is that just not a scenario you see happening because the Maple Leafs do not have enough depth as it is on defense that they can't really afford to move a guy unless you know they're getting somebody that is worth their while yeah, I'll say in fairness to to Gardner, like they started him within the season with Zaitsev and they wanted them to be like the top shutdown pairing. And he's not really suited for that. Like I think he's a good, like a really good second pairing defenseman um, that can contribute on the power play. Uh, and then like now he's like, he'll start games with Carrick, but then he'll play mostly, like he'll eventually shift over and play with Polak or we saw him with Dermot. Like it, it's just musical chairs um, as his partner all season compared to, a guy like Morgan Riley, who's just played with a really solid vet and Hainsey all year. So like, there's a big difference there. Um, just, you know, in terms of building chemistry and learning how to play together, like that's a tough ask, but uh, the big question with Gardner is how much is he going to make in his next contract? So he has another year left. Um, you know, if he, if he throws together another close to 40 point season, I think he had 43 last year. And then next year he's around the same, the same people are going to see a skating. Uh, they're going to see that production. And I think he'll be able to go on the market and ask for like close to $6 million. And I don't think the Leafs are going to want to pay that. No, that doesn't so seem likely. It seems more like likely that they would keep him for this season. And then maybe um, like broach negotiations and, and see how that goes in the summer and uh, maybe start making a decision. Then like, it would be really nice. As you mentioned, if like, if Dermot just took the reins if they gave him that opportunity and he took it uh, down the stretch here, like I, I don't know how you don't think about that if you're the Leafs. Anthony Petrelli, Maple Leafs Hot Stove, joining us here on Sportsnet today here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm Rob Wong. One more before we let you go, Anthony. And you know, speaking of you know the trades, obviously the deadline uh, is coming up in uh, just a little bit over a month now, and you know the Maple Leafs you know, clearly have a need on defense. And uh, there's a lot of names that have been thrown out there for the longest time, whether it's guys like Jacob Truba, that's gone back a couple of years now. There was the Oliver Ekman Larson thing for a while uh, with the uh, Arizona Coyotes this season. Uh, you know, clearly defense is the biggest need for this team. Uh, I know j- people jokingly uh, on Twitter yesterday were talking about Jack Johnson um, as an option. I don't think that uh, should be an option for anybody uh, at this point to get a guy uh, like Jack Johnson. But are, are there any trade targets out there, any players that are kind of piquing your interest that maybe the Maple Leafs could uh, realistically get uh, before the trade deadline? 
the question I always ask when people are looking at defensemen, just it kind of started with um, Eric Goodbranson. Like people are talking about him being available, and yeah. my my thought has always been like, are you getting a guy that's going to realistically help you beat Boston or whoever you're going to play in the first round? Because if not, then I just I don't see the point. Like they're going to make the playoffs regardless. I think at this point, like their division's that bad. Um, so if you're going to get someone, like it has to be someone that moves the needle and it doesn't seem like there's much out there on defense. The one guy I would be uh, curious about, although I think it'd be a tough move for, for them would be um, Jarmelson on Arizona, just because they've had another bad year. Um, you know, he's missed a bunch of time. It's just been kind of like a mess, but he's, he's to me a really good top four defenseman. Another like, He's similar to Hainsey, but he's better with the puck. Uh, he's a little bit younger, fresher legs. Like he, I think, would make a big difference on the team. But I think that would be a really tough move for Arizona because I know they, in part, traded for him to um, help sell Oliver Ekman Larson on the team, um, you know, in the organization. So then turning around and trading him again would probably be a tough move. Like they'd have to save face and get some real assets back. But uh, there's not a ton out there. Uh, defensively that like really piques my interest like no one that's going to move the needle but he he to me is a, a legit top four that would help their team yeah no I, I tend to agree with you that it would have to be somebody that could really make an impact if you're getting just a, a depth player um, it's probably not going to be enough to to beat whoever you face uh, in the first round but we will see the NHL trade deadline coming up on February the 26th the Maple Leafs back at it on Tuesday against the St. Louis Blues Anthony we appreciate you coming on today it was great chatting with you yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. There's Anthony Petrelli of Maple Leafs Hot Stove. You can find him on Twitter at A Petrelli.